and we are back for North TV podcast um high ends season four episode five yes Yes. (laughs) I don't know I always get like I don't know I was like forgetting what episode it is I mean we've been sailing on along here um and yeah yeah we are at season four episode five we almost finished uh part one we're almost about to be plunged into the darkness and despair of having to wait for the rest of the season (laughs) (sighs) ah maybe it'll be a good thing because that was really annoying (laughs) yeah we are going through um a bit of adventure uh in the world of our little our little fandom here uh we're getting everything we've asked for and it is ruining some people's lives it almost feels like it's on purpose sometimes. Yeah. Like someone was like, we've got to find some some way to ruin this, this Mari momentum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because it's just weird for like so many to jump on that all at once. I was like, you guys were itching for this or something. Yeah. I mean... Absolutely. And just to clarify for anyone who has been um, living under a rock relative to all of this, uh, specifically what threw off the momentum was uh, lovely Miss Mama, who uh, plays Jinx, being like, hey, I ship Jinx. I ship Dick and Jinx, actually. And it would have been great if they were together. And then everybody was like, let's panic panic like it was very strange and like it was obviously a troll post she even threw a devil emoji in there like so even if it wasn't I was just like why is this inspiring the like I had gotten really irritated and mostly it's because I was like you guys just like it's not even enough for you guys to panic by yourself you have to like take it to other people and try to make them panic too mm-hmm. and that's what was really annoying me because it's like by now anyone who follows me or knows anything about me knows that I've never bought into this um gloom and doom shit. I never for right. like at one even single moment doubted no. that DK would be endgame. Like anyone and knows I don't really care to dwell on whatever random drama they're cooking up so it's like to come into my inbox and be like oh now I'm worried about the whole rest of the season are they gonna have flashbacks now I'm worried about that scene I saw them filming at the motel is it gonna be taking um jinx and and I'm just like I feel like one you guys are trying to irritate me on purpose and two (laughs) you're like trying to stir shit for no reason like why are you bringing in oh, there's going to be flashbacks that I got to worry about every single episode for the remainder of the season. Like, why are you doing right. all of that? And, like, there's not going That's to so be. so extra. Like, for what? we know that, like, the way that this show tends to tell stories, if there were going to be flashbacks, they would have brought in with been brought in with the introduction of the character. Like, that's when we would have um, gotten them. So there's no reason to imagine they'll be in the back end of the season because, you know, it's, First of all, they used dialogue to go ahead and give the backstory with Dick and Jinx in the episode where Jinx was introduced and they didn't bother to, you know, throw any flashbacks in with that, which we didn't really need. And even from like the actress like interviewing about it, 
the showrunners were so unconcerned with specifics of their backstory they literally just told them to make it up yeah like (laughs) so yeah of course they're not gonna film it they don't care what happened like it's not important to anything in the in the show and they wouldn't have said that if they intended to have any of that like connect in any way to the plot you know what I mean like I said I'm fairly certain the only reason they made her an ex was so they could have that trope where the ex comments on the new love interest and says how different they are I feel like that was the only reason and I mean we know the entirety of their backstory there's nothing to add and their backstory Mm. wasn't like relevant to the current storyline no because I mean it was in Gotham like season three whereas like with Dick and Babs they show that because they were having a whole storyline about Dick Babs for one and two to explain what the hell um what's her face's name Lady Vic yeah what Lady Vic's issue with them was um so and then with rose too right the the reason we ended up getting rose's mm-hmm. backstory even though that was all the way at the end of the season was they were like we should probably explain why she's doing and why she's doing yeah. any of this right like why is she doing yeah. this so they just threw that in um very poorly done but yeah that's and i, I mean saying. most of us agreed that that frankly they took too long with that and we spent too long not really having any idea what her motivations were they they handled it poorly yeah um because I mean you know by then god knows most people didn't really care like and it totally halted the momentum of the latter bit of the season but there's no reason to imagine they would do that here because again Rose is a pretty significant season two character yeah um and you know Jinx is you know here and she's useful to the plot because of what she can do as far as her powers are concerned but her personally, like as a person, her history and that kind of thing doesn't tie into anything significant. Like she could have been Constantine. She could have been Zatanna. She could have been just like any, um, she could have been, um, uh, what you call it, 13. Like she could have been any character whose whole thing is magic and it would have played out the same way. Yeah. I mean, that's what she's been doing since she came. So um it's just like I don't like at this point it's like you guys don't want to believe it because there's there's nothing else that could possibly happen um to prove that Dick Corey are fine like you literally saw their their future baby you were told they're destined to be together um showrunners are telling you it Anna saying so. Brenton is telling you how the freaking season ends. Like you have all of the <laughs> right. information, and so to still be having these random like panicky things, it's like I kind of find it hard to believe people are being serious at this. Like I'm always side eyeing them, but now I'm like really side eyeing them because it just is very yeah. strange to me. I mean, and it I don't almost know why feels like. In- We've got right. anti-shippers that are kind of like agents right. hanging out within the fandom, like creating doubt and sort of like negativity. Because it's like, why are you in my inbox of all people doing this, right? Um, should you bring this to the ones who are doubtful? But it's like, let's let's bring it to someone who has never doubted this shit. <laughs> right. It's hard to say, oh no, 
then everyone will go, oh no, too, right? Like if it, you get, <laughs> you right, know. just sort of spread it like an infection, right? No, spread this like this fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or as we call it in the finance world, FUD. Like, yeah, like I got, got some of the. Oh, it really makes me angry that Jinx got to sit in the front seat before Corey did of the 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 um the Porsche blah 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 and I was just like I'm not even answering this like this is stupid right and I guess they're assuming that Dick and Corey just like teleported to the jail to go get her and not that Corey was there in the front seat but we saw her get into the car right can I ask a question so when (laughs) just out of curiosity so when he like when Corey was literally turned to stone right and he had to leave her there because you can't fit you can't fit a standing up stone statue into a porch probably my son right right so yeah. he had to leave her there okay to go with chinks was he meant to tote her around in the trunk of the car and then they would have a conversation through the back seat is that what you like <laughs> oh she would sit in the back seat like an uber like, where do you guys think she's gonna sit just like i i'd actually like an answer to that hit me up in my inbox because i would love to know what the alternative way of transporting maybe we could just way. strap her to the trap strap her to the top like a christmas tree i guess and then he could have just put down <laughs> the window and then they could have had that convo about how she literally worked with a murderer and it upset him so we called the police on her and then she said "Ooh, this one must be different they could have did all of that through shouting um through the <laughs> fucking open window you're right no that is a better scene i'm sure that would have like yeah, that would have worked. Do that instead. <laughs> I mean, it's these people ridiculous. are are ridiculous, and they jump on any opportunity with the introduction of another character to think maybe this will be what comes between Dick and Corey. Like we found out about Sebastian, and that like he's gonna be played by the very attractive Joseph Morgan. They're like, maybe this is what's gonna throw it off the rails. And then when we get that, he's like, then we find out when he's absolutely not not that guy um, and not worried about nothing like that anyway. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe Jinx will be it. And then it, as this you know season progresses and she shows sort of no kind of interest in that kind of thing, everybody's like just thinking, okay, well... Well, I think if I don't get a sex scene by next episode, then I'm gonna like flip flip a screw. I'm gonna flip a table, and if they don't kiss by next episode, I'm gonna flip a table. And if they don't have at least four sex scenes this episode, like I'm gonna flip a table. Okay, so no matter how they play this out, you're gonna be mad. Got you established, and it's just convenient that the actress um, decided to like sort of troll now about this non-existent romance. But it's not like if she hadn't done that, they wouldn't have been, you know constantly complaining about everything about how they handle this romance no they would have found something i mean well what what, what they what they say they wanted uh what they always say they want is like a lot more sexual content but if what actually happened with these characters was there was like consistent raunchy sex with them then what they would say about it is that he's just using her as a sex object i mean i got this interesting message in my inbox once about how he uses women and so he used Dawn um in season one I guess to try and leave Rachel with her and he used Babs for information and now he's using Jinx for her magic and I'm just like you guys have the most interesting characterization of him 
it's very like it's like I'm watching a completely different show. Right. He's not actually a womanizer and he's not using anyone. Um, no. Again. And like I guess they don't believe in the concept of working with another person if that per- person happens to be a woman. Like then it just becomes problematic if they're useful. Like is I'm sorry, did he not pay pay her? Like, yeah, and he paid her. Dollars? Right. He's paying Jinx five million dollars. Um and he left uh um uh Hank and Don over a hundred grand to watch Rachel. Um and then he like how and like them? and and Babs and was the homeless. police commissioner, which is why they're working together to solve this crime. And he, he definitely gives Hank and Don's broke ass a house, a free house and free meals yeah. whenever they show up. They can just be there for free. With Babs, he solved her Red Hood problem because clearly the police weren't going to help her do that. So right. you're welcome. Yeah. Like, I solved don't... Solved her issue with Crane, too. Yeah. Permanently. Permanently. Like... And Jinx literally had a death mark when we met her and was in prison. And Dick solved both those problems. Like, so <laughs> she has a it's lot like, of like, okay, so he's a user, but you ship him with Corey. Like you're the math that you guys are using doesn't it doesn't add up for me. It's not um I don't know, man. It's not well, really making I mean, much this sense. happens a lot. Um, well, not a lot, but I'll say I'll, I've seen it happen several times that people will throw it in air quotes, ship something, but uh, usually the male part of this pairing, they have nothing positive to say about, um, and they think he's just kind of a dirty, dirty trash monster. Um, and it's, I saw that a lot with Damon and Bonnie, too, and I'm like, so yeah. are you guys just fetishists who like looking at Black women with white men? Because if yeah. you really do think Damon's a piece of shit, I don't really know why you want him with Bonnie so that Like, it's not making sense. If Dick is like a user and a womanizer and a male whore and a rude and he's disrespectful and he's an asshole, like, why do you want him anywhere near your alleged favorite character? It's something's well, not making sense here. Well, it's not making sense unless this is one of these things where... Um, it's aesthetics. Yeah, it's aesthetics. And it's also like, you know, it's got some kind of like BDSM vibes to it. You know what I mean? Like mm. specifically what they want for the dynamic is a negative thing because they think ah, that kind of yeah. thing is hot. Okay. Well, I think you're onto something anyway because <laughs> we were trying to figure out what people seemingly had against Fade and Justin where they refused to count them. Right. Like they would say that like, Corey is like no love interest. Yeah. They like they <laughs> act like they never happened. And I'm like, is it because they were both nice to her? And is the reason they call all the like really soft, nice scenes between Dick and Corey crumbs because they don't find that appealing? Yeah. I think that's literally what it is. They they think that that well, they think it's they think it's like lesser because if these are crumbs, then I think we can assume what they consider to be a meal is a scene where they're being intimate and anything else that they're being intimate in a sexual way, I should clarify, because they're yeah. being very intimate in general on the show. Um, and anything less of that is crumbs because that's the only thing they consider a meal. So they consider all of these other scenes 
where they interact with each other, where they build their relationship, or their partners, where they their friends, where they share with each other emotionally, where they lean on each other. They consider those to be crumbs because the only purpose they consider these things to serve is to get them naked in a bed somewhere. Maybe they got that idea from the comics, right? Because that's how he was treating Corey in the comics, right? Like she's just this, you know, after the retcons, obviously. Yeah. Um, like she's just this, she's just there for sex and that's it. And I don't know, maybe that's the dynamic they were hoping for. I have no idea, but um, well, I mean, also it could in the comics, why... that's how Dick treats everyone after the retcon, though. Yeah, everyone. like there's a lot of other women he treats that way too. Mm -hmm. It's not like specifically sort of centered around her in that way. No, but it it is in the in the way they justify um when it comes to Dick Babs. Yeah, they center that as Babs being you know the pure good girl not like other girls so smart so kind and genuine or whatever right right whereas Corey is like this this bimbo so even though she's like so hot and it's such a big temptation he'd still rather the other girl so they use it like her sexuality to make her look lesser you know what I mean yeah so it's like yeah. he specifically looks at Babs and treats Babs differently and so yeah, they like Yeah, it's that. very much that like, yeah. you know, Babs is supposed to be this exception, like the lady killer fall, falls in love trope, you know, uh, it's supposed to be like that kind of thing in a lot of the later comics where, you know, he's a womanizer, you know, and he goes through all these women and uses women uh, for sex or convenience or whatever, but then it's different with Babs and like it's real with Babs and he treats her in a different kind of way. And if you are really into that specific rivalry, then you can kind of boil that down to, you know, he sort of treats Corey in this lesser way rather than rather than more accurately, he kind of treats all women that way. Um, but, you know, I think uh, some people definitely have some uh, agenda around sort of how they characterize that. And the comics do a lot of really weird things with her that... Are like oh gross no thank you um you know they are much more likely to make her uh be dumb mm -hmm. in the later comics than she is in earlier ones um much more likely to you know make her um to like other her like there's you know weird comments from bruce about her being an alien and right. stuff it's, like that it's like, it's like, like his best friend isn't superman yeah, from a nearby like, planet it's like basically racist or xenophobic yeah. and on top of that it's also implying all oh, you know exotic women are you know just right sexy and you yeah. know they're just right. for fun they're right. not like the real deal um and yeah it's it's all real it's all real gross um and this show doesn't play into any of those tropes at all like there's none of that here so there's yeah. no reason to watch this show and have the level of quote unquote concern that a lot of these people in this fandom express about these things when they're completely absent. Yeah. And I um I think we like briefly talked about it a while ago during the hiatus when they were actively like it would be sick if Sebastian like basically raped Corey by mind controlling her and having sex with her. And then the point of the storyline would be dick would be jealous 
Yeah. And then she'd have sex with Dick, I guess. That would be that would be the yeah. ideal storyline, apparently. Instead yeah. of what we're getting here. Um, that would be so much better for Corey's character and what they always failed to, you know, elaborate on is what Corey would be doing. Right? Yeah. So her mind is like she not be in control of her mind or her body for what half the season. And then she after coming out of that traumatic ass experience, she'd just be okay because she certainly wouldn't be feeling like she's not up to a relationship now and now would not be the time she would like to cross that line with this friend of hers not at all right why why you know black women we're fine right we're we're super (laughs) strong untouchable right you can do anything to us we're just bounce right back so i guess she would have been cool um and then just jumped into the relationship with dick and then they would have like really rough pornographic sex every episode so she can feel something you know she just wants to feel the end and they would have loved that i guess um great but what about Corey? there'd be no opportunity especially if you were to play out that plot in that way for her to have any meaningful character growth no because to play it out that way she has to be unaffected by it yeah like because yeah if she's affected by it then it wouldn't play out in a way that resulted in her barreling into another relationship um or barreling into a relationship and also most people don't really respond to being objectified in that way by being glad if somebody who had been uh showing that they cared for them uh outside of that way actually really just wants that and that's all they want like that would be probably not the time to say that how disgusting would it be for dick to witness her losing her agency like that and this horrible thing happening to her and him being like but this is about me and i want to be doing these like what right that's sick (laughs) apparently dick would look at sebastian and be like jelly wish i could have done that what the hell is wrong with y'all like i I just what like i just want to know what is driving this shit is it like porn sickness I think it's porn what, sickness. What is driving Because this? there's so much pornographic language around a lot of the things that people say, you know, in relation to in relation to all this and just like in general. Um, like one thing sp- uh, in this episode, not related to Dick and Corey that happened was that incident with like Connor and the curses and the snakes. And there were a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, but a not insignificant number of people making like, Oh yeah, I get Connor pregnant jokes. But yeah, because um, people, someone posted the scene out of context, and that's where yeah. their mind, that's where their mind immediately went to is, oh, he must be pregnant. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you guys are watching all these hentai porn. Like, I, you please get help. Like somebody Clearly. posted one of those images, and I saw someone captioned it, Connor, after I get done with him. Yeah, but also it was like. I saw people who really genuinely thought he was pregnant. Like they were like, yeah. oh, this is so stupid. And I'm just like, what would what would prompt you to assume that's really what's happening? Instead <laughs> right. of like just, I don't know, taking five seconds to figure to look into what the hell was happening in the episode before you're like, oh, the show, they suck. Connor's pregnant. What the hell's going on? Are you come on, like why does this type of people even pay attention to what the hell is happening on this show anyway that's what i'd like to know 
But anyway, I I mean, just these arbitrary assumptions, but really like the whole porn sickness thing and the extraordinary popularity around the this whole like impreg male characters getting like pregnant thing and like fan fiction and stuff like that. Um, And the, you know, alpha, beta, mega, uh, utterly disgusting which trash. is also sexist right because incredibly sexist isn't that like basically like the same thing as the very sexist top and bottom language where it's like yes. oh the bottom is basically the woman and women get dominated on whoever's gonna say this like it's not yeah. stupid to say and disgusting and no like (laughs) right we're gonna like normalize this kind of like sexist subordination Um, let's just normalize this language it's fine and then let's project it onto a perfectly healthy ship on the show that it's it's not cool for dick to be rude to Corey unless he's being rude with her while they're being intimate you know what I mean? Right. So like not, then it's, they... like a, it's like an alternate universe or right. something when you take your clothes off where disrespect isn't disrespect anymore. Right. So it's like if he gets into an argument with her, they're pissed. But if he gets into an argument with her and then he kisses her, that is fine. Right. It's like, okay, I guess. Like, you guys are very strange, but okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> I want to see him choke her, right. but only in a sexual situation. You know, we don't want it. We don't want DV. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because that that's not you're right. It totally makes it everything's different now. If he, you know, if he chokes her, if he calls her a bitch, if he slaps her, all these things are fine as long as nobody's fully dressed. Like the amount of like fix and stuff there was where he was like swearing at her, like full on, like, oh fucking this is like swearing at her, screaming at her. And I'm just like And then some of them was like, Yeah, season three rewrite. And I'm like, so to be clear that scene in like what was that 308 where she was like you know there's a good batman or or batman who kills and a batman who doesn't and then he was like let's talk about this later and walked away people threw a fit over that they were like that's the most disrespectful thing ever and i'm like but then you went on the ao3 and you wrote a fic where he was swearing in her face so i'm confused <laughs> like the weird way that okay. they that they sort of glamorize this kind of toxicity, uh-huh. but then in universe, if there's an even slight slight irritation between them, they pick kick up a fight. It you know it's just persistent negativity, like, and it's one of these things where like I don't think there's any possible way to please them besides to give them their Fifty Shades of Grey fantasy. Yeah, no, absolutely. That seems to be what they want maybe that's why they're giving so much energy to jinx and dick because he looks at her like he wants to toss her into the sun and maybe <laughs> right. they, maybe they well i mean her. they <laughs> got they, they got what they wanted there you wanted to see him like you know curse at a woman and snatch him up and and boom they got it so dicks has everything that they're looking for <laughs> maybe no maybe that really is it no idea anymore <laughs> I, I would i'd believe that now <laughs> i mean the I dude mean, clearly who, they love love the toxicity one of the persons who sees the episodes early or whatever got on twitter and was like actually the the jinx and dick scene isn't romantic and i guess now people have shut up but i'm like you shouldn't even have to do that right <laughs> i guess they wanted to save them from like being so actually boycott the episode or some bullshit right. 
So they were like, okay, someone go do damage control because Lisa said something on Instagram. No, we just, yeah, we did just have a whole flash forward scene with Dick and Corey's daughter, but apparently the actress said, oh, it would be neat if they were together. And so that, um, that holds more weight. So can someone just hop online real quick and and help, you know, throw some water over that fire? Like, it's stupid. This is dumb. I'm sorry. No, no it's I'm so dumb. And, and to be <laughs> honest, like, I have mixed feelings about the fact that they just, like, flat out spoil things in order to appease the fandom. Because I do like just finding out things as they happen, but I understand why they do it. Well, they've been facing a lot of online abuse from yeah people. honestly honestly like i think um Brenton's girlfriend wife had to go private or something on yeah. her instagram because people were like in her shit and yeah they were um weird just person. attacking her in general um yeah. and and it's specifically like, coming after some of her like child raising choices yeah and i'm just like well why like what does this have to do with anything <laughs> and i mean the i'll never get that, that they, but well they they fail to be able to meaningfully distinguish for one thing between actors and characters and they don't realize characters are fake they're make-believe pretend people they just come in they say their lines they act things out and the actors are like real people that have like real relationships and real loved ones and real mental health like and everything like that and the weirdly entitled way that they act towards the characters they spill over into how they treat the actors yeah um because <sighs> i mean they clearly feel very entitled to have the characters do whatever it is that they want them to do um even though they're not the writers of the show they're not the creators of the show they're not the owners of these characters they're not the creators of these characters but they feel like whatever it is that are their tastes are what should determine what happens with the characters enough so that they would start literally threatening people over not getting their way with these characters yeah um yeah <sighs> okay so before we go take our little break i just wanted to talk about <laughs> one more decory thing um and then we can talk about the actual episode. Yeah. But, um, so Greg Walker, you know, the guy who hates Corey and Anna and is racist, that guy, um, and the one who decided to put Mari in the show and who was called a liar for sake as a bombshell. And then Mari ended up being the bombshell. Yeah, that Greg Walker. So he did an interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, where they asked about the way Dick and Babs broke up. And they asked about, you know, on the topic of romance, um, Dick and Corey, because Brenton brought it up and everyone's brought it up. And obviously, um, Brenton said, oh, you know, at some point feelings are going to be confessed. So he answered yeah. it by saying this. For, first of all, regarding Barbara, um, he said for sure, you know, he did invite Barbara, but he did it in a different context. Um, there was an invitation I suspect he knew she would never take, given her responsibility and commitment to Gotham. It wasn't disingenuous, but I don't think it's something he really thought she <clears throat> would take him up on. 
I think they knew that moment of romance had passed, that the sun had set on that, and it evolved into a deeper friendship. So, in conclusion, literally what we said. Yeah, that's 100% what we said. Um, and so people who have been harping and crying about that scene, um, all hiatus for some reason, I'd say, well, now they'll stop, but I'm not that naive anymore. They won't stop. Right. They'll never stop. They'll just keep doing it um well of course <laughs> you know people who like these well, sort of negative toxic stormy dynamics there's all the reason in the world to like dick babs uh <laughs> because you know uh for all the different ways they've been portrayed um there's never really been a version of them that had a huge amount of like love and respect for each other um, like they well, might I, use I these think, sorts of words, but you know, I mean, I honestly feel like the reason they're they're still so hung up on that is because they had a sex scene, <laughs> literally, and so they think that um somehow amounts to something, and so they're so threatened that he broke up with her in a way that was not harsh enough i don't know yeah they, they feel they like they wanted it him to humiliate enough. her or something i mean they just they like they like the negativity there wasn't a, there wasn't drama there right like mm. there's no you know no crying no screaming no dragging so of course they're going to be unsatisfied with a pretty like mutual chill breakup anyway and also i think that people because they wanted to do it to do so they took him inviting her to come along as him making a final desperate plea to save their relationship or something, even though like his tone and the context and her reaction indicates it was clearly never that. I mean, the tone, the context, the way they smiled when they both said, you want to come, you want to stay? Like they know, they knew the answer was no. like, we've said all of this because I'm not psychic, but it was obvious watching the scene that neither of them were seriously hoping the, or expecting even Right. The other to say yes. They were just saying it to say it. Exactly. Sort of They're like a funny, that. bittersweet, see you later thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's, so. And honestly, I could even buy that that's a thing, that's a thing that they've done before. Could be. Hey, you could stay or you could come with me when I leave. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Um, I'm pretty much done talking about them on this show. It, on this podcast like I I don't care to hear about apps ever again um it was it was very stupid the way people acted throughout the season um being pissed that their breakup scene was a breakup scene that wasn't breakupy enough or whatever the fuck like um right. this is dumb I'm not talking about it anymore <laughs> uh, don't come in my inbox about it anymore <laughs> like I'm over it you guys like you guys have wore me the fuck out with this shit it's so stupid they literally broke up I I, I can't I think it's hilarious so, that people always send you all this wacky this all this like wacky crap because they don't even bother me with it <laughs> annoying. but anyway um, what you had to say about Corey and Dick and I think this is just gonna make everyone miserable <laughs> because he's confirming that you know the pornhub.com shit they were praying for is not about to happen up in this season but no. this is what he had to say um Corey and Dick working together finding a rhythm together I feel like this season is much less about 
Dick being the sole leader of the team, but more Dick and Corey working problems out together. There's a generosity and an affinity that they have for each other. It's going to be gradual because any real relationship is. They tried it once in season one. They don't want to make the same mistakes twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so... I mean, yeah, the, the idea that these people who have so much on the line, so much riding on their ability to continue to get along with each other, to continue to enjoy each other's company, to continue to be functional with each other, to continue to trust each other would be like would toss all of that to the wind just so that they could you know get some you know whips and chains drama going for y'all's entertainment um they're responsible people um but not only that like I'm looking at it this way as a millennial right <laughs> and how we look at things we we have a very if it ain't broke don't fix it mentality in my generation like I don't know I don't know how Gen Z rolls. I don't know how you guys roll, but the millennials, we're kind of tired. The world is annoying. Um, We're getting blamed for every problem in society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We're broke. It's ridiculous. We can't afford to buy a house or a car. Like, look, we're just <laughs> tired. Okay. We're tired people. And so like, if it's, if it's fine, if it's chill, we're just riding the wave with it. Um, yeah. And so I feel like with them it's like if their friendship and their partnership is working so well they would need proof that getting back together will make things better not worse right to mess with that dynamic because otherwise it's like what we have here is actually really solid um what would be the reason to screw that up right (laughs) so if they know getting together makes it even better they'll get together yeah i think that's (laughs) personally i know like maybe gen z does this jump all in take this risk send nudes to the guy i met at the bar when we both were six shots deep in right maybe y'all do that but like like, we're tired (laughs) well i mean they do the equivalent of that which is hey uh can i have your instagram okay can you like dm me your nudes or something yeah I think that's yeah. what the kids are doing these days. Or wait, like, maybe they Snapchat them. Like that one girl who got robbed by that dude on Timber. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, girl, why you invite your Tinder date all up in your house? Like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll be I back in a moment because we're yes. about to get uh, well, we an enforced break. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about the actual episode. <laughs> okay. We are back. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So I like organized well, them because it was kind of like two different plots, sort of. Right. It was like yeah. Uh, we had the we had the the you know Connor uh, Snake plot, and then we had the Sebastian plot. Right. So yeah, I guess we could start off talking about Sebastian and Rachel and Corey's thing yeah right yeah yeah um I think that first of all I think it was really cute and she was like you're gonna make the right choice because you're my big bro I was like ah my heart I'm melted please make the right choice big bro yeah (laughs) but like I'm really well okay I think it's 
like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns on this and I really do think he is going to in the end make the right choice and it's gonna be because of the care that Rachel um showed and because of like in general how much the Titans were willing to kind of really go to bat for him um and also like you know I think he's going to become aware of what happened to the mother that raised him um because like she was brought up again in a way in this episode like when he talked about that dream with the train and he's screaming out for his mother and she doesn't come yeah and Mm. you know um I think that that there was significance to how close he was shown to be with his mother and how much he loved his mother and how important she was to him. And I know one of the things the show tends to do is it tends to um, make a point of it mattering, you know, who it is that, um, you know, you have as family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't... um, like, even though this person, Mother Mayhem, is his biological mother, she's not the one that raised him from when he was a baby. She's not the one that he, who taught him everything he knows and made him to the person that he is today. And that person, you know, had him as a significant priority and not as a means to an end. Yeah. But Mother Mayhem, you know, he's clearly a means to an end for her. Um, and that end is, you know, Trigon. And... I think it's certainly within his capabilities to be able to, to see through that. And there was no longing or interest in his part with having, with trying to have some kind of connection with her because she's his mother or anything like yeah. that. He showed no kind of suspicion that maybe the reason she wants him is because she misses her son or something. Like he's clearly not, he's he's not buying that y'all. Um, <laughs> so um I think that she's not going to get what she's wanting here. And there's been so much like repeated emphasis on the importance of you still have a choice, you know, um, you can choose, even though it feels like this is happening and you can't do anything about it. That isn't true. Like Rachel's kept saying that other characters have kept saying that. And we saw that like Zadira very much so said the opposite, but Mm -hmm. we also know that Zadira is a liar. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it made me think of Rose, right? Because Rose's whole reasoning for joining Deathstroke's murder mission um, was mm-hmm. that he's her father and she felt, I guess, abandoned by him and wanted to get to know him. And so mm-hmm. he kind of used her being his daughter as a way to have her go along with what he was doing. So she had a curiosity about Slade that Sebastian does not seem to have about um, Mother Mayhem at all. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and also, you know, just because Dick was so nice to Rose and because, you know, she had some of the Titans be nice to her as well, like, you know, Gar, Rachel, Corey Mm -hmm. was in there fighting for her rights. Um, She didn't really get... (laughs) to hear all of that conversation when the old team was talking about trading her but I think she she did hear some of Corey defending her um and then she was made aware that instead of taking her unconscious body to trade for Jason they had her there at the tower recovering Mm -hmm. and went and got Jason so I feel like all of that 
is what helped push her to, you know, make the choice at the very end to go mm-hmm. against her father. That and her being genuinely fond of Jason as well, which yeah. I'm guessing she didn't expect to happen. N- so. No, would anyone expect to be fond of da- Jason? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe if they knew he was a Presbyterian, or whatever it's called. Thespian. Yes, there you go. Thespian. <laughs> Just making shit up. The hell is that? Um, <laughs> That's what Jason would call it, because Jason. Jason. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. Um, uh, oh gosh, but I mean, I I couldn't resist. Like literally, any person would be surprised by the funness of Jason because he's a pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, I I think it's definitely the case that the the kindness the the Titans showed Rose, even when it was in no way convenient for them, had a lot to do with her flipping sides, and I think that's what we're gonna get with Sebastian. Um, and you know there is um. You know, there's some major things that he doesn't um, know about that he's, you know, doubtless going to be finding out about at some point, as well as the simple fact that what he said that he wanted to do was sort of to bring people together and to like bring peace and to be some sort of great positive force in the world. That's what he said that he wanted for himself. Um, That's what he was trying to accomplish with his game like that. you know, that's the kind of thing he talked about with his mother. Like that is, you know, what his um, ambitions are on himself, himself entail. And it's been made very clear that what tri- being Trigon, bringing tri- back, Trigon back would do is nothing like that. <laughs> um, so also this doesn't match with anything that he would want to do just as a person. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Maybe if they were going to try, maybe if they tr- attempted to portray this as some kind of like utopia existence or something, then mm-hmm. he, you know, then with his naivete, you could sort of drag him along. But it's been made very clear that this is going to be an, you know, an apocalyptic, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth kind of vibe. Um, so, I mean, there's just like a lot of reasons for him not to be like on board with this in the end. And even though we know that like, saying these words you know does like you know give you some significant susceptibility to trigon's mm-hmm. mental influence it doesn't completely remove your free will because i mean if it did then it wouldn't have just been gina and mother mayhem who uh fell into the pit it would have been all of them yeah well they like yeah so they chose to jump. They still had to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's yeah. some free will. Yeah. Um, I just think it it may be. And we saw with the dissenter. Remember, he like had had doubts, had concerns. Like, yeah. um, maybe it just makes you um susceptible or like more open to yeah him if you say the words or whatever. I think um, it does make you more open to him but I don't think it's a 100% yeah. takeover Yeah. Um, because we've seen too many characters who made, in- including Mother Mayhem in some ways, who made choices contrary to Trigon's will. Because Actually, I mean- Especially you know, Rachel. Yeah, especially Rachel. Um, and even, you know, Mother Mayhem who quite literally drank the Kool-Aid with him 
still what Trigon, you know, wanted her to do and what he said as prophecy was was something that she didn't go along with to the point that she wound up being imprisoned for, you know, 24 years because she refused to, you know, take it back and submit to Trigon's will. So, you know, clearly it's not a thing that a hundred percent takes away your ability to like make choices and think for yourself. And I think that's like honestly a big theme of the season is choice. Um but with Sebastian's whole thing and also with, you know, Corey and Dick and Mari's thing, where mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna be like obviously Corey is very against being told what to do. Yes. Um and so is Dick. Like he doesn't believe in these these visions and premonitions. Um yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we have uh seen that there is that it is possible to uh manipulate these things in order to influence. So yeah. it's not wise for anyone to one hundred percent um take these for what they present as anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so you know there's uh some wasn't having some caution although going so far the other direction that you go uh who cares about any of that is not wise either it's not smart (laughs) yeah like yeah obviously it's it's showing possible futures right yeah so it's just like you should probably keep that in mind um so i don't think they're gonna make it so Corey and rachel and all of the titans are wrong about killing sebastian you know what i mean Right. Um, there's probably going to so. be a lot of bloodshed and harm that comes from not killing him, but still. Um, well, I mean, I think it's a thing that's always shown to be important on this show that, like, it's not always the easy choice to make the right choice. And yeah. sometimes there's no choice that you can make where there's no negative outcomes, mm-hmm. but you still need to lean towards doing the right thing to the best of your ability and all of these characters know in their core that killing somebody who has done nothing to harm anybody is just never the right decision no and that was like the biggest problem you have Corey here you're telling her oh um look at all these things you could have you can see your daughter um you can see all of you guys happy and whatnot and if you don't do as I say and murder this man, you're going to lose all of that. That is like insanely cruel manipulation. Mm-hmm. And so just the need for Zadira to do that in the first place, it's like, well, now I just don't trust you really. Right. Um. um and why would I want to, you see how much Rachel means to her. Why would she want to hurt Rachel by murdering her brother in front of her, her last living family member? And we just thought that that was the wrong thing to do because remember it was the wrong thing for Don to do. Right. Um, It was the wrong thing for Don to kill Jason in in front of Dick. Just like it's the wrong thing for Corey to kill Sebastian in front of Rachel. Like there's never a version of events where that's the right thing to do. And sometimes it can feel like it because, you know, this, uh, you know, person could cause all kinds of harm and things like that but this show really um leans heavily on like trusting your gut with moral things Mm -hmm. and also 
just being willing to take the consequences for doing the right thing. And because Dawn made the wrong choice, she had to stop being a hero. She was no longer, she was too morally corrupt to continue, clearly. Yeah. Um, and also, it is still affecting Connor to this day that that happened. Like, this mm -hmm. is like, it caused a long-lasting ripple effect. Connor has never stopped feeling insecure about not being fast enough ever since then. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like a constant issue now. It was a hugely damaging choice for her to make. Um, it wound up having really lasting consequences um, that rippled further than she could have possibly seen in the moment, frankly. Um, and that's how it is with a lot of things. And, you know, sure, it is the more difficult thing to figure out how to solve this problem if you don't just kill Sebastian. But that doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. Mm. Um, and also, I think that um, when, like, in that scene where Sebastian, you know, um, thanks, you know, uh, thanks, Rachel, and then says the words and leaves with Mother Mayhem, I don't know, I got, I got the impression that Sebastian had a firm belief that they would figure it out in that scene, um, rather than him thinking, okay, now the world's gonna end. I didn't get that vibe. Um, so I think, and like even him saying, you know, I don't want them to die for me. If he believed that, you know, he would be forced to end the world and in five hours there won't be a world, what difference does it make if Corey dies for him, right? Mm. um so you know it's important for it's important for Corey to survive to help solve this problem if this problem is to be solved it kind of doesn't matter what happens right in that moment if there's no solution so I think that um Sebastian was consciously buying them time by getting Mother Mayhem out of there and ending that interaction yeah and making sure that they lived that, you know, Rachel and Corey lived to try to solve this problem here. Um, so I think he believes that they can do it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, we'll see how well he stands against <laughs> a bunch of, I don't know, chanting and magic that's yeah. aiming to turn him evil. Um, I mean, I do think it's going to um, work. succeed to some extent. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, he is going to turn and all of that is going to happen. But I think when it comes down to it and push comes to shove and it's time to sort of pull the lever on this world and pull the lever on and pull the lever on Trigon, he's not he's not going to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll he'll come around. Yeah. And part of me is wondering what jinx, because I still do have a feeling she's going to some at some point switch to the other side um mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if she's made to or she does it as some kind of bargain for her life or even for the team's life because they've been like going out of their way to show scenes of her liking the team you know what i mean yeah um so i think even if she does go over there it's not going to be a truly complete turn you know what I mean like no. um and I one of the reasons I I can see 
Mother Mayhem either wanted to kill her or bring her over there is because she's been thwarting her plans. You know, she took Rachel's magic from her. So the Titans didn't have a witch. And now here's another witch. So, right. yeah. It's kind of in her way. Even if she's not as strong, she's still knowledgeable. Right. And so. her knowledge has really wound up mattering a lot, too. Um, and, yeah, I could... I could I could see that. Um, and I could even see Jinx doing a fake switch. Yeah. And being like, oh yeah, I'm with you, but ultimately um it's to uh, you know, infiltrate and help dismantle. I could see yeah. that too. Um <laughs> there's definitely a lot of possibilities with Jinx. Um and uh Mother Mayhem would be a damn fool to trust Jinx, just like anybody else would be, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know. Uh, I could I could see that happening and I could definitely uh you know see it being something that was uh motivated um in a way to kind of um undermine this in some way or get safety for the team or something like that I could see that um yeah, yeah because I mean obviously um there's nothing in it for Jinx to end the world she lives in the world too like everybody else you know so yeah. You know, she wouldn't, you know, switch sides just to help them do their thing because she's an asshole. Um, she has no desire to live in hell. <laughs> right. Apparently, Trisha would, would love that. Um, <laughs> for some reason, thinks it would be very fun for them. I don't know. But, well, they practically yeah. look like they're in hell right now. So that seems yeah. to be their vibe. Joy, I guess he's probably just gonna kill you like how he had Gina killed and how he snapped Angela's neck yeah he's yeah he doesn't care about you guys' lives but go off I guess (laughs) I mean cultists be like um (laughs) you know that's uh, utterly unsurprising to me that cultists don't have the good gosh darn sense uh to realize uh that maybe demon worship isn't the vibe um right. <laughs> like <laughs> but i mean we see it all the time right we have people in our real world that like worship satan yeah true like so <laughs> uh Man. you know people make their choice out here um and you know also i think that um a lot of people, um, a lot of these people who get mixed up in these kind of situations are people who are very nihilistic, people who don't have a lot of hope for their futures, people who don't imagine any positive outcome for themselves anyway. So, you know, it's the same thing as people who, you know, get into certain hard drugs and things like that. They, you know, may not be a you know pistol in the mouth store but they're still really trying to drag themselves to oblivion mm-hmm. yeah girl <laughs> <laughs> and i mean think about even think about the kind of like life that mother mayhem was leading when she met this guy right she's a perfect cult re- recruit her life is constantly unstable she's depressed she's angsty she uh, lacks direction. She doesn't know what she wants. She doesn't know what she, she wants. She what she can do with herself. She's looking for something to, like, be a part of and find some acceptance in. She struggles socially. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the ideal sort of mark for a cult, which is also Sebastian's same exact life, honestly. Yeah, and like the one kind of difference between them 
is because the Titans managed to snatch up Sebastian, he got a chance to experience, oh, belonging, being cared about. I have some living family. Um, and he got to like sort of realize that that isn't the only way that he could be cared about. Like if we were to kind of contrast, you know, if he'd said those words in that police station, how he would turn out versus how he does after meeting his little sister and like, you know, being called big bro and having them like literally fight for him and go to bat for him, having, you know, Corey face down her mentor to, mm -hmm. you know, um, save his life, having, you know, uh, Connor get cursed and, you know, all of these people kind of go th through all of this for him, yeah. like without expecting they didn't ask anything of him, you know? They didn't yeah. ask him to give up his soul. They didn't ask him to go against his morals. They didn't ask him to serve them. They didn't ask anything of him. And I think that it'll likely make a difference in the end with this because, you know, he wasn't the same person who had nothing and just this empty negative outlook on life by the end of this little mini adventure here as he was before it happened. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even remember his demeanor, like remember what he looked like when we first found him, mm -hmm. you know, and then what we have, you know, in this episode, <laughs> like he had light in his eyes, heaven forbid he'd showered, <laughs> like, you know, he, he smiled, he was, you know, tentatively excited about like his life and his future and, and you know, a lot what more this brave, could look like right? and it more brave. Like, yes. Yeah. It's like, he was kind of scared to talk to people. Um, very nervous, but yeah, he's like twice. He's stood up to freaking Deathstroke of all people. Yeah. And then now the mother <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that, um, even though he was the perfect mark for mark for a cult when mother mayhem first encountered him partially engineered by her with the you know setting him up for murder and killing his mother he isn't now yeah um and yeah i think that's you know going to wind up uh making a big a big difference in the end when he really has to sort of push the button on this because i mean you know it's one thing we see as comet is common with a lot of different schools of thought in relation to magic and the occult that when it comes to the the big things you have to be willing to make this choice consciously and even just with regular religion right you know um they want you to you know choose to dedicate your life to god right they want you to choose to ask him to come into your soul like it like people making the choice to do these things as opposed to just floating along as something that's considered really significant when it comes to a lot of different supernatural stuff. You yeah. know, you got to invite demons in your home, right? Just like you have to invite vampires in. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think similar to Rose, just these small relationships he established will come back in some way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Especially with Rachel, who was yeah. being 
so sweet <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> she's just so cute she was going between being really sweet to him and really really unamused with Zadira and her bullshit and how she was treating Corey and also um, I thought it was interesting how even before Zadira did or said anything did you catch the look on Rachel's face yeah. she was not having it with her right from second no. one like she didn't like the vibes like instantly was like mm-mm um and as soon as she started talking like to Corey and you know manipulating her and being like you used to be one of my wiser principals one of my wiser you know pupils like yeah. let it stay that way Rachel did everything short of going girl fuck you and get out because she was like belittling her and it's like not something people are usually able to do to Corey right and like it was like the first time we saw Corey kind of like shrink into herself Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of sad. She was almost acting like an abuse victim or something. Like, yeah, she was giving so, me abuse child vibes yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, that was pissing Rachel off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's probably pretty lucky Rachel didn't have her powers because she was not with that shit at all. Not a bit. Um, and speaking of Rachel's powers, I think it's interesting that Rachel has not said anything about wanting her powers back. Still yeah well remember there was that line that you pointed out where Rachel was like she didn't really she want to be a superhero necessarily right and it kind of came back where she was like you know I chose to become a titan um and I think she'll choose to want to get her powers back mm-hmm. in order to help them and so I think that's you know more of the choice theme yeah but also that'll be a call back to her saying she doesn't really care to have her powers, you know what I mean? Or be a yeah. fighter. I thought that was so interesting. All the smoke was there. It was there, though. <laughs> all, all the smoke. And it would have been that literal black smoke if she had it, man. It there but for the grace it. of God, go her. Like, Zadira's lucky. <laughs> like, you caught me so on the right day, it. ma'am. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I love it like oh gosh um and literally Rachel is just the cutest thing this episode yeah. just just all like big wide sweet blue eyes like yes you've talked me into your stupid family fine I'll come I'm a titan now like you did it you're, you're so right though she does have a like sugar addiction <laughs> as we saw <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> and the fact that she called a cup of maple syrup a snack <laughs> like, girl you just don't drink basically a cup of maple syrup <laughs> gracious girl oh gosh yeah that dick does have to monitor the snacks if that's what you call a snack <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have the diabetes <laughs> oh no <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm dead now. It doesn't even matter. I can just do whatever. (laughs) Technically. Oh no. Oh gosh. What what a what an interesting kind of collection of events. And like seeing the the hope and the bravery with Sebastian, like I really think that he's uh not gonna wind up disappointing us in the end. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think he will. Oh yeah. Um and also um like with uh with Corey and all of this sort of talk about sort of like her destiny and like what she's meant to do and how all that ties into the different stuff going on with Tamarin. 
I increasingly get the vibe that in order to manipulate um, Zadira does in fact get visions but she definitely would overstate certainty or share certain things and not share, share certain things in order to push Corey in a certain direction. That's the vibe that I get. Um, because she definitely comes across as highly manipulative and we saw her manipulate that vision with, with, with Mari. Um, and, you know, uh, when we get to the end of the party, yeah, she had everything disappear except the single red balloon sort of flying off into the sky or whatever. Um, and, like, you know, her tendency to use manipulative language, I would be unsurprised if she would fail to be entirely forthright when she's sharing things as far as mm -hmm. what she gets from the future. Like, she certainly has never shared that she sees possibilities right and that's a pretty big caveat here right and clearly that's what you're seeing hence rachel not being the ender of worlds right and all the shit y'all said to Corey to convince right. her to come down here and kill her um exactly and her pretending like somehow they knew that no you didn't or you wouldn't no. send Corey here stop it no. like it's, it's bullshit you wouldn't have asked Corey to kill a little girl if you knew that the little girl's mind could be changed just by being nice to her like get out and i think that was part of it i think i mentioned it before but i feel like they want Corey to straight up murder someone who doesn't necessarily need to die just to sort of break Corey's spirit because she obviously has this rebellious spirit where she doesn't mm -hmm. want to be a certain way and she doesn't want to be like a soldier basically i feel like and she doesn't like align yeah. with the values of like the the dominant values of ta of the tamarinian royalty where it's you know anything that's 51 percent better than the other thing even if it's like wrong do that thing mm -hmm. like the idea that it's purely utilitarian and about like what thing, you know, uh, comes closest to what you want to happen. And there's no concern for people being innocent. There's no concern for it being the right thing to do, like morally. There's no yeah. concern for ethics, you know? Um, that's really not said, her vibe. She like said it to Dick too. Didn't she say something like, um, my people would have chosen the evil yeah. option or something like that. So it's like, it's she just doesn't agree with the the coldness you know what I mean like it doesn't mm -hmm. sit right with her probably why she has she has different powers too honestly like yeah maybe she's just different in general in her spirit but I yeah think so. I feel like they were trying to force her to be sending her on this mission to murder Rachel and prove she's a soldier I feel like that was all manipulation yes honestly it was definitely all manipulation, um, just like they're trying to manipulate her now. Yeah, um, using love, right? Now you're going to use yeah. her love for Rachel, her love for the Titans, her love for her, her daughter with Dick to force her to kill someone. Like, that's fucked. But that's so messed up. Like, it's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, it's also um, kind of amusingly counterintuitive because reminding her, like, you know, 
like to see like Rachel smile at her like she did at that little yeah. birthday party and you know to see Mari and everyone so happy and they're all so close and like they're, they're it's very much like a family get together and there's so much love there and telling her like okay now do something intentionally destructive towards that like because hey in the end you know you'll wind up getting this and it's like yeah I'm sorry there's no way um murdering Rachel's innocent unassuming brother in cold blood results in that kind of love and happiness like there's no way that outcome is what brings what is what brings that future yeah oh goodness gracious yeah she like overplayed her hand with that was disgusting um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too far too far yeah um, and honestly it would have been I think a better tactical choice to like show Sebastian as brother blood doing something fucked up yeah um like you haven't seen him do anything bad but look I could see that maybe at she least assumed, having a better chance maybe she, she assumed that still wouldn't work because they probably told her Rachel was going to do all these evil things and she yeah. still was like, mm, but it's my, <laughs> you know, it's my family now. Whoops. So I just, like, <laughs> right. so maybe they assumed, oh, we got to use a different tactic now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're pulling everything out of the manipulation trick bag. Um, but yeah, no, no can do. Um, Clearly, calm would just kill him and call it a day. She you know absolutely that. would. <laughs> um but you know um for one thing calm doesn't um have the connection to rachel that she does right Mm -hmm. um and like for another thing um i think that it's not as contrary to calm's just natural personality to have that kind of like brutality compared to Corey's. yeah um like, you know, she's not a total automaton or anything, but she definitely seems to be a person who is just less empathetic, less less empathic than yeah. Corey is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one part of the plot. They picked the wrong yeah. sister to engage in casual murder, really. They, did. they really did. Um, <laughs> which is interesting that... that didn't catch on that hmm, maybe maybe the one you know going so hard against everything we're trying to do is not one we should invest it invest all our time in but they're trying to break her like a horse yeah (laughs) like and they uh, seem to have gotten more um emotionally invested in the task of you know breaking Corey like a wild animal than in actually getting these missions done (laughs) um so yeah that's that's a trip um but yeah I am glad that we got to see that birthday party it was literally the cutest thing in the world it was um and there's something so nice about getting to see the joy on their faces like it's just like they're so happy (laughs) like they're just they're so happy and they clearly like love their little munchkin so much and they're so excited about her and they're so excited about all the 
time they have with her and all the things that they get to do. And it was really cool that we got to see the contrast of Corey in that moment and our Corey watching this happen. That was cool yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Zadara had to ruin it. She's so, that was so evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is your, your, your star, your big princess, your queen. And this is how y'all act towards her. How do y'all act towards people you don't like? Well, uh, member Com told us about Walker oh, in a dark hole. Jesus, man. <laughs> if you like, they're like such high key haters. Like, just high key haters. Um, and I mean, it definitely gives me like male Man of Steel vibes. Like, calm down, Feora. <laughs> like, uh, all the like comparisons with the Kryptonians and the Tamaranians, such a thing. And it also makes the fact they hate each other just twice as funny because they have such similar like values and cultures. <laughs> it's like y'all have a lot of nerve not liking each other, really. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> like like don't act like if something happened to tamaran y'all wouldn't be sending your zod to go colonize somebody's planet please stop absolutely oh <laughs> man <laughs> oh gosh but yeah I'm honestly i'm expecting like a a moment because it looks like Connor is going to obviously go AWOL next yeah. episode. And Corey is probably going to go to the temple. Um, her and I'm going to go ahead and assume Jinx. Yeah. That, that who they send to fight would be Jinx and Corey because who else would it be? Um, right. I guess Gar could to go to. But she's probably going to, there's probably going to be like an emotional goodbye between Dick and Corey because they really don't yeah. know how that's going to end you know what I mean yeah he can't help he can't right. go in there there's nothing he can do to help him Ugh. oh I know oh gosh <laughs> right <laughs> such a mess such a frustrating mess it's and that also not... gives Jinx the opportunity to give give the big flip as well yeah oh boy <laughs> maybe that'll be their plan Sundern as a Trojan horse <laughs> okay um so I guess we could talk about I don't know you want to just talk about Tim super quick I mean he didn't have yeah a ton to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well I mean okay we obviously have uh Tim expressing uh some Jason adjacent impatience with uh being uh on the um please hang out in the fortress and don't die team uh but <laughs> this episode with the way things turned out uh there was plenty to do in there anyway um yeah. <laughs> i mean it's not like what he what they were doing wasn't important they actually spotted the damn snake yeah <laughs> as they were on monitor duty but yeah i mean yeah what are human souls to do against evil magic cults? <laughs> to be super fair here, you know? 
Right, exactly. There's not uh, a, not a ton to be done and effectively Dick is doing the same thing, which is just, you know, uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, just, <laughs> just hanging out, trying not to die. y'all. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that's, just, he's chilling. That's he's <laughs> 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 and, and giving us the best facial expressions in the world. But yeah, yeah. Uh, oh and God. he Tim, was so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> stressed confused irritated he's giving us everything um but you know to be fair if uh tim had been given more to do then when does he have time to get his mac on yeah true <laughs> so you know you should be uh thank heavens for small mercies uh you had time to get yourself a romance plot line and nobody else had time to do that this season mm-hmm <laughs> um so yeah and you know I think um I think it's understandable that Tim feels some frustration there um but I do think he's missing that other characters feel the exact same frustration for the same reason yeah I think also it kind of sucks because this interrupted his training basically yeah like this whole (laughs) stupid thing like literally (laughs) exactly (laughs) he took his bag like it's just terrible (laughs) it is terrible this Mm -hmm. is terrible timing uh terrible timing in tim's adventure to run into something that um humans are mostly useless for um and i mean the things he has the things he could potentially be useful for he has like he was useful um with you know uh, bugging lex's computer like he was useful with like you said checking the monitors and finding the snake and he managed to kill that snake that climbed out of connor yeah um with the bow staff so you know he he has been useful um i think that um he's just frustrated not necessarily um and 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 kind of in his head um like you know he clearly has like some you know insecurity about sort of like being there and not being helpful enough but you know everyone feels that way right now because they're facing something that you know they're all at a bit of a at a significant disadvantage to be dealing with mm-hmm. yeah even Corey, like rachel needs her powers back to, to yeah. be able to help at all you know Corey's hers is not being cooperative yeah it's just not helpful at this moment so she has so much more she needs to be doing <laughs> in order yeah. to be able to help <laughs> right um and I mean yeah. Corey's um well like we saw in the first fight with Mother Mayhem it's not necessarily that her powers aren't useful um, with her, but whether it's the blood moon or just the newness of the uh, powers working in this way, mm-hmm. um, she's, you know, uh, hasn't like really, and I mean, you know, they said, oh yeah, you're using 8%. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, um, using 8% of them um, is not uh, going to get the job done. No. Um, but just like uh, we've had to interrupt Tim's training, we've had to interrupt Corey's too. Because remember, that's yeah. what she was doing down, down at the lab. Yeah, I think she might um do a little power up. Yeah. 
Star Labs can uh, do its job and <laughs> you know do this, do that Star Lab shit. Exactly, exactly. Because rolling here. <laughs> because you know earlier this season, like remember she was doing sort of a target practice in there, and they were sort of measuring her powers and kind of. Yeah you know, uh, seeing sort of what some of the capacities were and like what they were capable of doing and that sort of thing. So um, we know that there's, um, we know there's a lot more Corey can do than what she consciously knows how to access with these powers right now. And, you know, she had comms powers from the time when she was like, what, six, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, she's, you know, had a couple decades with those and these, she's had for a very short time for like a week and a half <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so she's you know um she's a baby superhero having an origin story right now mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you know uh but i mean when, when push comes to shove they'll come through just like they did when she got shot last season yeah absolutely um so you know she'll you know, she'll be able to do this thing. Um, but it's definitely a hit in the confidence that she doesn't have the reliability she needs with them. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, in some ways, she already has more of it than she had before because she doesn't have to wear that jewelry anymore to kind of, you know, keep things under control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the ability to keep them from doing too much is something she has. The ability to get them to do as much as they can is something she has to figure out. Yeah, so I, I honestly I see only this the ones with powers doing anything in the actual fight next episode. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think they'll be splitting up who's doing what in whatever plan they come up in. Yeah. Come up with. And so some of them they'll be like a goodbye sort of with like half of them going off. Yeah. Is my It'll, guess. I mean or they'll split off at some point because, I mean, the others might be useful in getting through the cultists to get where they're trying to get to. But yeah. then once we kind of, you know, get to the inner sanctum, the others can't, then they can't do anything. Yeah. Um. Sure. So the rest of the team is useful up until a point with, you know, mm-hmm. taking that on. Absolutely. He's um, going to be even more stressed. Um. Probably not <laughs> stressed enough to not do cartwheels <laughs> no, there's always there's always time for a good flip <laughs> or or some trapeze action <laughs> Freaking chandelier. The chandelier. <laughs> Look, this person on twitter keeps making these edits with him that literally <laughs> send me they made one with chandelier by sia <laughs> nearly killed me and then they made one this week um, with that freaking Doja Cat verse on, God, what what song was that? I don't even remember what song it was. It was a City Girl song. It was like her verse. She's like, "Pussy talented, do cartwheels." They literally because of that they didn't edit do the fucking cartwheel, and like I was crying. <laughs> dead um, Oh my gosh! Only, only, funny, only us. Funniest shit ever. So um, funny. he's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> people making these damn edits also killing me. Yeah. I mean, he's always gonna be be our circus boy. That's yeah. that's who he is in his heart. 
so funny. It's like, this was such an unnecessary thing to do. <laughs> right. He could have just jumped back, but that's not cool enough. No. And then you have Corey just like running for her life around the corner of those heels. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Yo, oh, she was God. gone. Did you see how fast she was moving? Yes. <laughs> she wasn't fake she running, was a, not a jog. Yeah, I think she, she was, was like super speeding a little because <laughs> she was like gone. Like that was that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the thing Corey oh, pulled out super speed for. Yeah. <laughs> Just get right out of Superboy's way. Like, nope. <laughs> um <laughs> oh gosh, that was that was something and a half. Um, but, but yeah, I think, uh, I think next episode's definitely going to be a pretty intense kind of situation. I hope Corey gets a hug because she's going to feel so guilty about like letting Sebastian down. Um, and that makes me sad. Um, because I mean, she did do everything that she could in that moment and, you know, ultimately, um, There just, you know, wasn't a ton she could do right in that second. Um, and I think she was still really emotionally impacted by that adventure with Zadira. Mm. Um, because, I mean, we know Corey can uh, do better than we saw there against uh, uh, Mother Mayhem because we've seen it before. Yeah, I think they part of it, too, is that they weren't expecting her to be able to get through and she wouldn't have been able to get in there um, had she not sacrificed Gina mm-hmm. and gotten even more power. Right. So, I mean, I think it just really caught everyone off guard. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they were not uh, prepared for that. And already, <laughs> like, you know, Corey just been through a whole lot, you know, with her mentor, like basically turning on her like that and with meeting her baby girl with Dick. Oh my gosh. Um, like what a mess her head must have been in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that her powers are really strongly linked to like her mind and her emotions and things like that. So it makes sense when all of that scattered that she wouldn't be able to like focus her powers to really make them do what she needed them to do. Yeah. Oh. Man. <laughs> also, Gar was being big superhero this episode, as usual. Yes, Gar um, was great this episode. Not yeah. only did he get the did he do the damn thing and get the job done, he also managed to give Dick a very heartwarming pep talk yeah. while pretending to be getting a pep talk from Dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did a Uno reverse card on him. Yeah. Like, hey, remember things you used to be doing? And like, how oh, you're the person who trained me? So <laughs> would you would you just not do anything if you were in my shoes? Okay, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's like, you just got manipulated, bro. He did. He did. He got you, dude. Perfect. Like <laughs> chef's kiss. Like yeah. y- you got it, Gar. You got it. <laughs> like <laughs> it was really great. And I mean, it was such a reflection. Like both how how Rachel handled that scene with Sadira and also how Gar handled that scene with Dick. It was really great to see from these younger characters how much they learned and how much they've grown. Mm-hmm. And I think they also like really showed that, you know, 
um, if Dick and Corey were to decide that they want to go wander off into the sunset and be parenting their baby in the woods or whatever, they have what it takes to be able to like lead a team. Yeah. Like they learned, you know, um, what they needed to know from them as far as like how to handle the pressure of the different sorts of situations they'll be in, how to, um, you know, make decisive, you know, action when they need to and things like that. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, Rachel especially is like very, very, she's completely matured and she's so confident now. And yeah, she makes a great mentor. Yes. And it was so cute seeing her being so protective of Corey. Yeah. It was. I, I love this episode. It was great. I love this episode so much. This is probably my favorite episode of the show, which is big talk. But I did. I like watched this episode like three or four times. Like, yeah. Um, it's like, well, I watched it like all the way through three times. And the fourth time I fast forward through a couple of scenes. But we watched my favorite scenes again. Like. Um, and you know what else is character growth? Like you can see several times so far Dick being like worried, but mm-hmm. then still letting them do the thing rather than just doing it himself. Yeah. So like he's worried about Connor, but okay, you can go take care of that stroke. He's worried about Car, but okay, go ahead, save Connor. And then when mm-hmm. they do, he's proud of them, you know? Yeah. So it's like he's he's learning that. Even if you're scared, you can trust your team that they got it. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, trust them to do what they got to do. Yeah. Um, and I I don't see him being upset that Connor got hurt. I see Connor being super upset with himself and blaming himself. Yeah. Because that's just his tendency. Yeah. That's probably why he's going to go AWOL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Connor's got a lot. Connor's been through a lot and he's got a lot to kind of get through as a character. And in a lot of ways, he's, even though like he is an adult, he has a limited number of actual life experiences compared to what someone his age should have because of the like weirdly accelerated way that it happened. Mm -hmm. So you know, the kinds of things you can learn just by getting smarter are not a problem with Connor, but the kinds of things that you need to learn by having experience are the kinds that he struggles with. Like, he obviously has emotional intelligence. He has a lack of, like you say, knowledge from experience. And it's Mm -hmm. like knowing, having Lex's mind and memories and Clark's mind and memories doesn't mean he's still not gonna base his decisions on how he feels in the moment right because um, he is still his own person at the end of the day mm-hmm. um we just have to have access to to other people's powers and thoughts or whatever but Connor is Connor you know what I mean he has yeah. his own his own ways his own flaws and strengths so yeah. Yeah. Um the moment he decides to stop comparing himself to Superman in such a negative way will probably be for the best. Like 
absolutely you're, you're not you're and, not clark that's fine right <laughs> um right i it's an yeah. it's an important thing he's got to learn um and i think it's a thing that'll give him a lot of peace because mm -hmm. like you know he's if his goal is to be superman he's always going to be a lesser superman but if his goal is to be connor kent superboy he can you know be very incredible in his own right um and there are a lot of things that he has access to access to that superman doesn't it's not just that he's like a lesser version he's different and he has different strengths too right oh boy yeah that's just gonna be i guess a lesson he has to learn yeah what i do hope is that they don't like have him come out of his nap acting like the titans don't love him or anything like that because it's like yeah gar turned into a virus and nearly died they definitely love you exactly so that's that i hope it's not gonna be yeah a part of yeah. the story because that would just be like come, really do yeah that on. would just be annoying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be very yeah. annoying <laughs> <laughs> right exactly so. um but i don't i i think it's gonna be mostly his drama with himself really yeah yeah um and sadly and annoyingly on brand but what can he it do? is <laughs> i really want him to love himself <laughs> thank you poor baby um would you please love yourself um because uh it is the struggle out here um mm -hmm. with you and uh your self-esteem problems um and you know he's like i think it's emotionally difficult for you know characters whose strength really relies on like their physical strength to deal with a situation where it just isn't very useful yeah um and i mean you know we're seeing that uh from you know dick in some ways we're seeing that from tim like we're seeing that in connor um you know um it, it makes sense that these characters who a lot of what they accomplish they accomplish with physical brawn are like struggling with this yeah for sure oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah i think that's we covered everyone i think right i'm thinking i think so i think so yeah yeah, yeah i think so yeah. <laughs> okay. um also very cool <laughs> that gar managed to turn to a virus it was <laughs> and I, I, yeah, that was, that was like, cool and it was clever to think of. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad he's now so confident in turning into more things, mm -hmm. and that he's thinking outside the box more. Yeah, um, yeah, because he kind of was, he was clearly had like a mental wall up against fully using mm -hmm. his powers. Definitely, um. And I mean, I think it might turn out that that wall has something to do with the red, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, so I'm wondering what he'll be doing next episode, because I feel like that's when that storyline with the red is really going to come in. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think it's, it's seen, I, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but isn't it like connected with the red moon too, with the blood moon? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was um the voices in the red uh told him like the 
world will fall to darkness when the red room when the blood mood comes so they're clearly concerned with this whole adventure um, right, right. Um, and feel that Gar has some kind of part to play in in this as well. Otherwise, like I don't know why I say that to him, you know? Right. Um, so you know, it hasn't been obvious what Gar can do about any of this, um, like Gar in particular, but I think it's be- gonna become more apparent. Um, and even like that conversation um that he had with Jinx. Um last episode about the red like you know a place of great power and great mystery like and one thing that our characters uh have been uh, struggling with here is a lack of uh power of a certain kind so um there's definitely a lot of um uh potential there and it's very interesting to see how it's going to kind of play into gar's story um Mm -hmm because it's clearly not tangential. Otherwise we wouldn't have spent so much time with um, Gar and the Red this season. And so much of it wouldn't have referenced the main plot if there wasn't specifically a significant role that Gar needed to play in this. Right. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't (laughs) wait to see what happens next. Um, And, you know, I can't wait to see uh, what happens next with Dick and Corey. Now that we've both met Mari, we've both, uh, you know, uh, seen a a glimpse of a hopeful possible future here. Um, And, you know, we see what we have to lose if we don't kind of take the risk of crossing that line again into having, you know, a romantic relationship with each other. Mm hmm. Definitely. I wonder, (laughs) yeah, I wonder if Corey will bring it up or not. Because it's like, I feel like they'll be pretty busy. So maybe it'll be something that she just holds on to and they talk about later, you know. That would make sense if they're like trying to figure this shit out right now. You know what I mean? Right. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's 50 50 yeah like um because the end of the world is coming but like yeah. how exactly do you uh tell the story of what just happened with sadira i mean it could prompt her to say it. something or like there's there's many ways that could go yeah mm-hmm. um because i mean like unless she's literally just gonna say mother mayhem came and got him or something like she's gonna boil it down that much yeah um but um because not even rachel knows what she saw right so it's yeah um but yeah i i see Corey um uh saying something about what she saw um but you know just because of the but like you said because of the immediacy of you know, um, Sebastian getting apprehended and saying the words and all of that, um, potentially right this moment, um, she wouldn't get into it if only because of the level of distraction of, uh, Dick's brain that would entail. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, but I do think she is going to wind up, um, in the pretty near future, um, saying it saying it just because I don't see Corey um 
just keeping that to herself. Mm. Um, yeah, Cause I mean, it's such a significant thing. Um, and, you know, we know that it's not, and like, we know that, you know, Corey knows it's not just some sort of like illusory thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering how much of that she thinks Zadira was just using to mess with her. Right. Um, well, like, I guess it also depends on sort of how she processes that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we don't think that, obviously we don't, we don't think that it's fake, not just because in a metatextual sex, we know, we know she's real because, you know, uh, Nightstar Mari is a real like character in the DC comics world. Right. So like we do know, in fact, that in several universes they have um, that Dick and Corey do have a daughter and she is Mari. Um, so that's like why we know that it's real. Um, I have a feeling that um, because Corey goes with her gut, she would know that that's not just made up by Zadira because she could feel it. Yeah, true. Um because yeah, Corey's, you know, very intuitive and she tends to trust her instincts. Um, and, you know, I mean, you see the look on her face and the look on everyone's faces. I don't, I don't, Zadira couldn't cook that up. Um, and I, and I think that Corey would be able to know the difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> terrible way uh, to uh, present that to her, but that doesn't make it fake. Um, I don't think that Corey's going to think it was. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. And also, of course, when mentioning it is when she would get, uh, when she would get confirmation. Cause I think that that would be the point where Dick, uh, said that he'd seen, you know, that he'd seen her too. Yeah. Um, um, especially because the way that their visions happened, they're of the same day. Um, so they both see Mari and, you know, um, the yellow dress with the flowers on it with the red balloon. Um, and I feel like the specificity of that detail would really do right. something if she were to talk to him, you know? Yeah, it's just a matter of actually having the talk. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, so. Yeah. We and I mean, they see. might even do it because they think the world is ending, right. frankly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it could prompt it. Either could go two ways where, like, they literally do not have time. Or because they feel like they don't have time, they might as well yeah. say everything they need to say. So we'll see which way it goes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think either way it'll continue to be a slow burn as they still need time to admit <laughs> <laughs> yeah Thanks. yeah you know and it was so I didn't even necessarily notice until you pointed out that through all the adventure of their um sort of um abortive attempt in a relationship in season one they never had a conversation about their feelings toward each other no never head desk no no <laughs> um <laughs> they just not, do not, not ever at talk all. about that. yeah it's it's wild actually it's completely wild oh my god um so yeah i i think that's i could really see them doing it because the world is ending rather than like trying to wait um 
because, you know, sure, they do have confidence that they will be able to avert this whole thing. But like we see with all the characters, like when Dick was talking to Gar um, earlier in the episode, and, you know, he's like, Gar's like, we don't even know how long until the world's in. He's world ends and dick's at five hours and 15 minutes yes. but the world's not ending yeah like clearly you're you're counting you know exactly how many hours and minutes until this thing you definitely believe won't happen is happening exactly so <laughs> so yeah. they, okay, they're Richard. all dealing with that <laughs> with those sort of dual uh, feelings where on one hand they're like okay we are not going to just you know give up and accept this is happening but on the other hand like maybe this is happening they all feel that way I think yeah um so especially since we know that that's where Dick is with it where he's like yeah um let's talk about this thing that's not happening um <laughs> <laughs> I could see um him wanting to um have uh, some kind of significant conversation uh, with Corey before this thing that isn't happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like we know um, that when it comes down to it, even though he is very afraid to, he will have emotional conversations, um, especially like increasingly as the show has gone on. Um, like, you know, just like uh, he was scared to admit that he wanted Corey to stay, but he did it. Yeah. Like he was, you know, um, there's, you know, he was uh, scared to admit that he was scared when Rachel lost his power, lost her powers, but he did it. Um, so I think even though um, Dick has a lot of uh, fear around sort of upsetting the apple cart with his situation with Corey, um, I can see him um, just pushing through it and doing it just because he can't stand the idea of the world ending and Corey not knowing that like he has more significant than friendly feelings mm, yeah like I could see that um, especially since like you know because of like what we saw in that um, and that sort of dream vision thing that Dick had with Trigon. We know that Trigon taking over um, isn't necessarily a blink out of existence kind of end. Like there is something after the end and it just really sucks. Um, so um, there's a reason there's a reason to imagine that you would, in some manner of speaking, live to regret it if, while we still sort of have some kind of peace in this world, you didn't say what you needed to say. Yeah, definitely. We shall see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and definitely God knows if Corey um, mentions that and he realizes, holy crap, that was real. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could see that prompting him to say something yeah so yeah i want to see how it comes up and, and how exactly their conversations go next episode because unlike Corey, i mean unlike dick Corey doesn't just 
brush things off like that. Right. <laughs> so it's like he saw Mari and then he decided to tell absolutely no one what he saw. But at the same time, he believed what he saw in the pit because he knew Donna was alive and he knew that Jason needed his help. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just like... And even like where Jason was. Mm -hmm. like... Right, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very much the thing that Dick does with all of these things where he both believes it isn't true or isn't real or is bullshit, but acts based on it. Like, just like, you know... Oh, yeah, obviously all of this stuff with his season two visions are nonsense. But didn't he still go to find jo Joey because he believed he was alive, right? He sure did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, he, he'll, you know, he'll say um, the world isn't ending, but also tell you it's ending in five hours and 15 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think he believed not believed about Amari uh, the same way he always kind of does, which is which is cute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. He's a funny dude. He is a funny I'm dude. Funny dude. <laughs> um, and Corey just believes these things, generally speaking. So I think she might have a touch of skepticism, both because uh, Dick and Corey um, parallel each other, but also because Zadir is a lying liar who lies, but I still think she'll talk about it. Yeah. Whew. Okay. All right. <laughs> It'd be even funnier if they were to full-blown switch positions and be like, yeah, and then she sent me this, you know, BS vision of our adorable daughter with a balloon on her birthday in a red dress and a yellow dress with a red balloon. Yeah, <laughs> and then that Dick's would be... jaw hits the floor. <laughs> That would be funny. <laughs> Would serve him right too. <laughs> Just troll moment of the series. Just keeping information to yourself like this—it's really rude. <laughs> directly involves her, and you're just gonna be like, oh, "Gonna tell no one anything." <laughs> I'm just gonna get real clingy. Annoying. Um, and I definitely super think clingy. I think his clinginess is a direct reaction to that, by the way. Like, I need to make sure that I personally bodyguard this woman because if she's not here, then I don't have my sweet baby. I literally think that's what, what we have going on. <laughs> Vision is fake. Also, Corey comes with me everywhere. He's been doing the absolute most. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If he wants to act like this did not affect them, sure, Jan, but... You ain't been acting normal, okay? So. No, he hasn't. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how these conversations <laughs> goes. There are a lot of very amusing ways this could take place. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I can't even, like, guess what would prompt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a wait and see thing. Yeah. <laughs> wait and see oh yeah um and also like i wonder if she's gonna tell rachel what she saw hmm she could or Corey or rachel could get her powers back and touch her and see it we'll see oh right yeah i keep forgetting that's the thing she can do because she's been such a normal person this season mm -hmm. <laughs> for the last several episodes oh my goodness 
<laughs> literally just a universe of possibilities here right mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah um you're right Rachel gets her powers back um and given that both of them um have seen this and probably um have Mari heavy on the mind uh I could imagine them wanting up heavy on hers too Oof, yeah. boy what a place to live <laughs> <laughs> Grayson's angst in your own soul. <laughs> oh, poor Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally nothing funnier to me than the fact that Rachel doesn't want her powers back because she's tired because uh she's tired of living with Dick's drama. Maybe there won't be so much of Dick's drama to live with if he would just go ahead and admit it. <laughs> No, you have to bottle it up inside <laughs> and drive everyone insane. Instead, that's that's the normal way to deal with these things. <laughs> if you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, bless their sweethearts. Just bless them, our sweet baby children. <laughs> Alrighty, we are just about out of time. So, yep. so we're getting randomly cut off. We're just yeah. gonna sign off instead <laughs> rather than just randomly going right. silent when right. attacked <laughs> all right guys one day we'll be able to afford um the <laughs> the expensive version of zoom but until that day <laughs> donate free, if you love us <laughs> yeah, free version it is 40 minutes at a time <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> see you next bye y'all bye